All right, we're live. New York fellows, episode 31. We've been sitting here waiting to record for an hour and one minute. My dog has been going nonstop for an hour. I've been in and out of the microphone talking to Matt for an hour, but we're here. And the Jets and Raiders game is just terrible. Awful, awful football. No fun. It's only me and Matt today. The other two, well, one is MIA and Eric, and Maddie couldn't make it tonight, and he did and let producer, us know. Producer has the day off. Yeah, we gave Elijah the day off. He's been working hard. Hard. He's been working very hard. He's been working hard. Always reminds us how we need him more than he needs us, and I think that might be true. Yeah, there's no maybe about it. Matt, I got some interesting feedback from uh, a loyal listener. He doesn't really like it when I bash on you guys. Why? I don't know. I find it very hard to believe. I think the people want to hear that. Somebody's got to hold you guys accountable. I mean, I don't really know what that even means. Isn't that the whole point of the show? Just bash? No. In In fairness to him, he did say he never listens to like any sports podcast or talk show so we're not exactly his temp uh his demo target demo but i value i value his opinion greatly shout out to uh steven malone he is a friend first colleague second somebody from work yeah but he's a friend i consider him a friend gotcha um but yeah it made me uh reflect on maybe i need to uh be a little nicer to you guys. Nah, that's not your MO. Well, I can't help it that you're such a piece of trash that sometimes we just have to call it how we see it, don't we? Isn't that right? Yeah, I mean, I think we're all pieces of trash sometimes. Where would you be without me? I don't know, probably in the same place. In Quincy, Mass? Yeah. Quincy, Mass. Bean time. Did you go to any games this weekend? Of course you did. Yes. That's a dumb question. Of course I did. You actually knew uh, the answer to that partially. Well, actually, the listeners think, didn't. Yeah. It's Radio 101, buddy. Yeah, well, you could have just said how were the games you went to and not what games did you go to. What games did you go to? I don't really remember exactly. Celtics on Friday night. Wow, big turnover. Celtics on Friday night went to BC on Saturday during the day. Uh, Celtics playing the Brooklyn, the New York Brooklyn Nets. And that was the in-season tournament. It was the in-season tournament. Love the Celtics court. I thought I would hate all the courts, but I actually like the Celtics court. That one was cool. Yeah, some of the courts are nice. I think the, I mean, I don't know if I've seen the Knicks one yet. I don't, or maybe today was. No, today wasn't in-season. Was it for the Knicks? No, they've been, they keep, I think they've been keeping it strictly to like Friday nights. Let me see in-season tournament. Today for the Knicks was not an in-season tournament game. No, it just doesn't look like. No, it was. I'm telling you, it's only it's four Fridays. They have the pool play. It's like four games, four Fridays, I think. Nope, I have. I don't know what the Knicks season in-season court looks like. Um, the Bulls one is not that nice. It's like all red. Yeah, the Bucks one I didn't really understand. I don't know some of them. I don't. Whatever. I don't really know why we need a special court. I know team. we like, go. I know we. I know, but I know we talk about this a lot. But like. I get why they're doing it, and you as a soccer fan should understand what they're trying to accomplish, but you're right. just playing the same teams. Bring right. the G League I, in. Let the G League play. Right. You could do it like a you could do it like one of those European cups or something where they bring they let all the teams play each other and they just mash it up and then whatever. Sometimes the the low dogs get some upsets and stuff. But like this is just regular season, no additional games. It's just like I don't know. Let's get new courts and say it's the in-season tournament and it's just another game. Like, pretty much what it is. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. It's just in-season. <laughs> it's just regular games. It's like right. even our tournaments in high school made more sense because they were before the regular season. Right. They were, and they were like holiday tournaments, like Christmas tournament. I think there was a Thanksgiving. Is there a Thanksgiving one? I don't know. Yeah, there was a Thanksgiving one. I guess the in-season Christmas one would have made sense because by then I'm pretty sure you started your regular season in high school, but right, it was all done within one weekend, not stretched out through October to December like the NBA is. Right. I don't know. It should it should be interesting. 
I'm not celebrating an in-season championship at all. And, I'd rather. And I, take... hope, and I hope they don't. I hope whoever wins it doesn't like they don't do something in the locker room where they like, and then they have like a banner and oh my god, it'd be so fucking nauseating. I mean, they're going to. You know, they're going to. It's just so annoying. I would take a three seed in the Eastern Conference playoffs versus winning the in-season tournament. I could give one fuck about winning or losing the in-season tournament. I don't think anyone cares. <laughs> like, I can't – what fan base really cares? Like, I don't know. No, no, none yet. I mean, honestly. I don't think none are – I don't think any are going to care. I think it's just awful. Oh, he was down. I think they will eventually depending on if it expands, but that's a good place to start with is the Knicks today. They beat the Hornets 129 to 107, improved their record to five and four. And the player that has impressed me the most this early in the season so far has definitely been uh, RJ Barrett. He had 24, four rebounds, two assists today. But the Knicks do well when Randall has 23, Brunson has 20, Barrett has 24, and then quickly 17 off the bench. And I think Barrett and quickly can be interchangeable with who's going to kind of be the leading scorer out of those two. Quickly's a good player off the bench, man. He's really good. And what I do watch of the Knicks, I definitely do like quickly. I mean, I like Barrett just from the Duke days, but I, I can't I can't provide too much insight on the Knicks because I don't watch their games. Other than looking at box scores and scores of guys and, like, what they're doing, I don't watch Knicks games in full. Yeah, I mean, listen, the numbers for Randall speak for themselves. He's a 25-10 and 10 guy last year. Slow yeah. start this year, but, I mean, where do you replace 25-10, and 10, right? Like, it's it's hard to replace that. It does it's seem like he makes he makes a lot of dumb mistakes. Like he just he kind of gets too ahead of himself, or he tries to like ISO too much, or do too much crap, or he pulls up bad shots. I feel like yeah, he does. You made like He's a very frustrating point. player. Yeah, like he just kind of things could be going all right, and then he just like instead of you know kind of just letting the game come, and he just kind of forces something. Like he'll try to ISO, or he'll take right. a two two step pick and pop when like that's not even his shot, and he'll just like ruin the whole momentum of how the game goes i think i mean i know you said you don't watch the games a lot but if you do right you would see that personally i think the offense will be in a nice rhythm and a nice flow and then there are times where he will just like clog it up and just like do exactly what you just said right a dumb iso take a dumb shot a bad pass whatever but i mean he's a good player he can score like he's he's big you know he can shoot threes which is which is always good for a power forward, if you will. I believe that's his position on on paper. Is that like everybody now, though? I feel like there isn't a player who can't shoot threes. Like, who cannot shoot threes now? Like, I, it's, I dude, mean, it's, it's tough. Like, no, everybody shoots threes. The whole I Celtics don't. roster can shoot threes. We were at the game yesterday. You got fucking dude Horford's pulling from three. Porzingis from three. JB, JT, the entire fucking team can just shoot threes. Can like, Embiid shoot? Can Embiid shoot threes? Yes, Embiid, Embiid shoots three or four a game. Giannis shoots threes now. Giannis shoots fucking threes. Like, it's crazy. Isn't it Giannis? I've heard it said every which way. Giannis, Giannis. Can you say his last name? Antetokounmpo. Antetokounmpo. And Antetokounmpo. <laughs> I don't know. I've heard. Yeah, but you're you're right. Everybody in the NBA does shoot threes now. I mean, because right, everyone goes by the logic. The analytics say three points is more than two points. Right. I, I was actually I was texting my friend the other day, and I was like, dude, just thinking about this actually, because I've been watching. Like, I do watch when they're on TV or whatever. I watch the end of the late night games, or I'll watch like the seven o'clock ESPN game, or like whatever. I'll well, I'll watch the end of the Celtics games or whatever. And it's like. When was the last time, or when you watch the playoffs, or even over the past years, when was the last time you could remember, like, that you have actually remembered, like, a post-up? Like, a guy cleared out the lane, a big man called for the ball, and a guard kicked it down with, like, a bounce pass or an, in, or an inbounds pass to the lane. And a guy actually posted somebody up. I can't even remember the last time I've seen that in the NBA. Like, I, probably, I, I Honestly, probably neither you or I probably watch enough to give an honest answer. I'm sure it happens more often than we would think. No, I, and I'm sure it does like happen once in a while. I'm just saying, dude, it doesn't seem like it ever happens. I don't. I feel like that is out of the game of basketball now. Like it's all shooting, layups, dunks. I mean, threes is obvious. Yep. I, I don't know what actually, you know, one thing I did want to bring up was the NBA schedule. 
Listen to this. The Knicks played Wednesday night at home against the Spurs. That was the eighth. Then they were off until today and played at noon. And now they play the Celtics tomorrow in Boston. So you go, what, four days off and then go back to back? Does that make any sense? Yeah, but they have to, you have to equate it to everybody's schedule. It's also travel. It's when teams are getting back. Who's coming off of a back to back? Like, because they're not just arranging one team schedule, but they do do it so every team has the equal amount of back to backs. Like, they set it up the same way. Because I was looking at this. I remember I was looking at this for hockey and for NBA. They set it up so each team has the same equal distribution of back-to-backs. They do the same ones home and home and away. Like They try to make it as fair as they can. But think about it. You're trying to schedule all of these teams to play each other in a schedule that makes sense, and everybody's traveling, and I, I don't know. Yeah, but I, I guess that makes sense. If you look at the Hornets, they played Wednesday, Friday, and then Sunday. And now they don't play till Tuesday. But you couldn't have squeezed the game in on – I guess that would have put them on – but that wouldn't have been back-to-backs anyway. It would have been Wednesday for the Hornets, Friday for the Hornets, which is not a back-to-back. And then you play back-to-back. So it would have been Saturday, Sunday. And then they're not playing till Tuesday. So they would have got a day off there. Right. And I think it does. I think it matters if you're home or not. I think you could go back-to-back being home. Like, I think that's less – got to be less taxing to do the back-to-backs if you're the home. Except team. for when the Knicks went back-to-back and they played – in Cleveland on like Wednesday, flew back to New York to play Cleveland on Thursday. Yeah, like stuff like that. I don't. I didn't I, get that at all. I didn't get that at all. But yeah, I don't. I don't know the NBA schedule and how they make it. But I wasn't too thrilled or didn't understand the four days off and then back to back. Right. I mean, maybe they'll be rested because they had four days off. I'm not sure. Especially playing the Celt- playing the Celtics. Right. You know, yeah, that's the number one, two team. Zach is Wilson's two literally, he's going to be awful the entire game, and now he's going to drive them down and score and win. It's unbelievable. How many timeouts do the Raiders have left? Uh, all, all of them. I don't think they've used anything. All right, so if they score, you get three timeouts. Yeah, with the way they're um, not moving the ball at all. I mean, be interesting. Yeah, O'Connell doesn't look terrible, in my opinion. He's not. He's done okay. The Jets' defense is really good. The Jets' defense is really good. Speaking of good defense, how about them Giants? Yeah, I guess. So speaking of the opposite of anything good. I mean, Jesus, it was, what was the final score? 42 to 16? Yeah, 42 to 17. I mean, the Cowboys outscored the Giants 82 to 17 in their two games. That's insane. Dak had 404 yards, four touchdowns, and one interception. And I'd like to clear something up in our group chat. I did say... After Zach, or after Dak threw his pick, I said Dak is booty kinda, and it was more of in the moment comp an in the moment comment. But I didn't necessarily. I don't mean he's trash overall. I just he does turn the ball over a little bit. But no, if I'm building a franchise, I'm not like. I it's agree Bur- with you. It's Burrow, it's Burrow, Mahomes, Allen, and then pretty much everybody else. And like, yeah, where do you put Dak? He's not on the level of the other guys. I agree with you. He's not. I, I do think he's good. Yes, I, uh, Elijah was just taking that literally. But I, I well, That's why I had to clear it up. I was like, dude, it was in the moment. If you look at the timestamp, he threw the pick and then I sent it. Right. No, I agree. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't want to start a franchise around Dak. Like, I don't. He's very untrustworthy. Well, yeah, I mean, he's right older here. now, but let's not bury the lead here. The Giants got absolutely destroyed with Tommy DeVito behind center, under center. Yeah, the Giants are just they got nothing going. They're they're tanking. It's on purpose. They're they're I mean, <laughs> they just don't have good players and, and no one's playing well. And don't get me wrong, like Daniel Jones is out, Tyrod Taylor's out, who's your actual backup quarterback? Saquon missed three games. Uh Man, you're Andrew not gonna, Thomas. You're, you're Andrew not gonna Thomas go get somebody at this point. I mean, you pretty much have to win out to even have a chance. So like you're not gonna go get somebody. You're not no. Well, I mean the injuries have stunk, right? Andrew Thomas missed who's got hurt in week one, missed like four games, got hurt again today. I don't know what his injury was today. Evan Neal, even though he stinks. I mean, he's still your seventh pick in the first round. He stinks. The center, is it John Michael Schmitz maybe? Or no, Um, Lewinsky? I'm going to have to fact check myself. But nevertheless, like they're just – they're not playing well and their players are not good and they're tanking for a quarterback. 
because Jones has a the team has an option at the end of um, next year, and they're going to get out of it because they're going to draft the quarterback, no doubt. Oh, it's an interesting dynamic the way that they're set up, though the way that it's the way that it could go, how it could work out, a lot of different potential options. Also, which quarterback? Because this is going to be a quarterback heavy draft class. Like this is going to be a lot of good quarterbacks coming through. Well, here. I mean, yeah, you got Caleb Williams, Drake May, Penix, and then you got Marvin Harrison Jr. Right. If you don't need a quarterback, you also got some elite talent. Like this is going to be a good. Like honestly, the past like three or four years of drafts, you dude. Really I know you're behind. You're out. behind. In, you're behind in the game, but look at the TV. I'm sure it's going to be nuts. It's going to blow your mind. Not really. <laughs> <laughs> no, oh my god, not at all. Oh, <laughs> Zach Wilson. Oh god. Moving the ball down the field, and he throws a pick. Oh. That's New York sports, baby. We are the New York sports podcast, and all the New York sports are trash. They're terrible. I mean, our best teams, the best chance we have of winning anything is Rangers Rangers. number one. Yes. Right? They're, what, 11-2? and Yeah, Rangers are solid. Um, And the Knicks are – they're not going to win a championship, but – The Knicks are going to be competitive, yeah. 100%. If the Knicks went to the Eastern Conference Finals, would you be – Totally surprised. No, they did last year. No, no, no. Second round. I mean, second round, yeah. If they went to the Eastern Conference Finals and lost in six, I guess maybe six would be surprising. It depends who they're playing. But if they went to the Eastern Conference Finals in general, that would be a win. Right. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I, uh, the Knicks are going to be competitive. The Rangers have a legit chance. I mean, the Rangers have been in the, East, the Eastern Conference Finals two of the last three years. Like, the Rangers are right there, and their team is really good. They, they're clicking on all cylinders, really good goaltending. Like, great game today, great comeback, exhilarating game. I mean, you watch the other two New York teams today, you might as well just fucking watch the Rangers. Like, that was the best game of the day. Well, the Knicks played today, too. So, it's yeah. like Knicks won, Rangers won, Giants got blown out, Jets yeah. And Jets can't do anything on offense. Might as well Which is interesting because Zach Wilson did not look terrible today. Yeah, it just and didn't gr- do anything. It's not fully over yet. I guess they got to they got to make them use their timeouts here and run this ball out. But fucking unbelievable. Yeah, the, I mean, the Rangers game was great today, though. I watch because I actually I do actually watch the Rangers games. Like I like watching the NHL better than the NBA, so I watched the Rangers game. It was a great game. What was the, Were they left. down? Yeah, down, down three two. They had emptied the net out with like a minute and a half left, and they were pressing a lot. They got a, they scored off of a nice little dish, and then a rebound. They scored with eleven seconds left in an empty net. Went through overtime, almost scored in overtime, and then won one nothing in a shootout because uh, I believe Zabanajan scored the only shootout goal. No, Lapinier. Lapinier. The shootout goal. Yeah, Lapinier. I think it was his I third goal remember, tonight. I remember. Yeah, those. Well, that doesn't count as an actual. It just counts as a shootout goal. It doesn't count as an actual I was goal. just going off what I saw on the Rangers Instagram. <laughs> yeah, then if he scored, then I couldn't remember. But, yeah, I thought it was a Zibanejian. Maybe Zibanejian got stopped. Still I, really, I like, I like Zibanejian, Zibanejian. I like their team. I like the way they play. Like, they're they're a fun team to watch play. Have you honestly. been to a Rangers game at the Garden? Yeah. yeah you have to. It's so yeah. fun. Yeah, oh, they're awesome. I love when they score. It's honestly – it's great. And it, you could tell the place was rocking when they scored with 11 seconds left. They, like, it was going nuts. Yeah, it's awesome. They do a really great job. Um, I went earlier this year for opening night. It was awesome. Madison Square Garden does a great job for pretty much everything. Right. It's just like, it's still no matter what. It's always like when you hear Madison Square Garden, it's like, it's always no matter what it's going to be like. It's always the Knicks home before it's the Rangers home. Like, I don't know. Cause the Knicks, yeah, it's, it's unfortunate. but I mean, It's not I unfortunate, but it's just... It's just the way that it is. Like, it's a basketball home first, in my opinion. And I don't think that about yeah, of course. Arena. Like, I don't think that about any other place, really. But that's just the heart of basketball right there. You know what's funny is, speaking of those two teams, they're owned by Dolan, right? Same guy. He owns both. But for some reason, like, I don't equate Dolan to owning both teams like I do Josh Harris owning multiple teams or the guy who owns the Nuggets owning multiple teams. It just, like, doesn't right. ring the same well, Stan, way. Stan Stan Kroenke owns the Nuggets, the Avs, so he got back to back titles there, and he owns the Rams. <laughs> really? Yeah. And he owns the. Does he, he owns own a the, team in 
He owns a women's soccer team and he owns somebody, he owns five teams. Um, this woman I worked with a while ago, her grandfather used to own the Nuggets way back in the day. I didn't catch his name, but I tried to like ask her questions and she wasn't really like dishing out any information. But yeah, she's from Denver and her grandfather used to own the Nuggets. Pretty interesting. That's pretty cool. Also, um, something it's completely separate note, but we were sitting next to we when we went to the BC game this weekend. We were sitting next to because um, we sat super close behind whatever dude, dude dirt cheap tickets. We sat right next to um, we sat next to BC's starting QB's brother and his brother's girlfriend and like his cousins, and we were like just sitting there talking with them. We had no idea who they were, and Diana was talking to the girls there, like, "Oh, you guys go here." We're like, "No, we just whatever. We go to the games or whatever." And Diana's like, "Are you here to see somebody?" And she's like, "Yeah, the quarterback was playing like shit." <laughs> Because oh, it was her. That's her. That was her boyfriend's brother. So they were all up from. He's from like Atlanta. Uh, Tony Castellanos. So are they from, good? Dude, they actually are. They just played horrible. Like they got. It was. It wasn't close really at any point. They gave up an onside kick after a touchdown. Like it was really bad, and then it just got blown out. So they're six and four now. But I mean, this is. They've they've locked in their first five hundred or better winning season in like <laughs> I don't know a long a long time. I think last year you, they were four and eight. I'll tell you what, I'm excited to listen to sports talk radio tomorrow in New York. It's going to be, these people are going to be in such pain. Dude, light, lighting up these two football teams. Oh my God. In the Giants, no one's lighting them up because everybody knows what they are. But dude, there's so much on fucking what's going on with Zach Wilson and they need to bring some, I mean, at this point, what do you do? Like everyone's like, I'll bench him and bring in Simeon. But like, even then... What's Simeon going to do, really? I, I also heard a good point. Like, once you bench Wilson, that's it. You pretty much are – you've officially waved your white on him. Like, you're done. So, it's like I think Salah's trying to stick this out because, honestly, he probably feels like complete shit that this was his draft pick. And, like, he was sold in on this guy, and he's probably upset. So, he wants to ride it out. And if it still – it could still work out because Rodgers could still, like – Rodgers comes back. He can still work with him. Like, you can tell he feeds off of Rodgers. He's just – dude, he's just not as skilled. Like, and he's I mean, I, I, I honestly think that – Oh, my God. I honestly still, think – Dude, there's a chance for a Hail Mary here. They got a timeout, too. I mean, you're ahead of me, so. Yeah, I saw it. But I honestly think the reason he's still playing is because I think there's a mandate from up top, to be honest with you. And there's, like, these conspiracies being thrown around because – Woody Johnson is like friends with Zach Wilson's uncle who owns or is like the founder or the current CEO of JetBlue. I'm not 100% sure what his involvement is, but they're like buddies. Uh, but, dude, at the end of the day, you're talking about a massive organization in New York with in the NFL. Like, at the end of the day, they want to win. Like, Woody Johnson's going to want to win. I just can't believe that, number one. Number two, like – I don't know. I, I just have a hard time believing they don't have, I don't think he thinks Simeon's going to do a better job. Like we've seen Simeon dude. Like he's not that great. Like I don't know, think he's going to bring them to the promised land. Like he's like everybody's thinking or whatever. And I think he's just riding out the fact, keep this team relevant until week 15, 14 and maybe get Rogers back. And like, if we can make the playoffs, cause dude, if they get in with Rogers and he's healthy and can play like their defense can hold anybody down. Yeah. I agree. They're they're clearly like they're just a they're literally just hold off to get in and it, it's crazy and it's they do make a lot of mistakes though too. Robert Sala said that like they make a ton of mistakes, a ton of penalties, a ton of bad plays. Yeah, a lot of self inflicted wounds. Right, they're just not. But they also probably wouldn't happen if you had someone under center who everybody trusted and organized that and orchestrated that entire offense. Think about how young they are, Brees Hall. Garrett Wilson, like, dude, they got a lot of young guys. Like, even that's their top talent right there. And those guys aren't haven't been in the league long and are young. They don't have experience. I mean, it's, second, it's their second year, right? Rogers brought Cobb, essentially brought Cobb and Lazard with him, right? But but they're expecting to play with him. They're not Zach Wilson's guys. Like, and yeah. one of them's out. Cobb's out right now. Anyways, uh, I, I think he was a healthy scratch last week. I mean, he's what older? I don't know how old he is, but yeah, he's older. Right. He's their sixth receiver right and on this team like not even saying much it's just you could tell you tell you can tell they have so much potential and there is a lot of mistakes and i think sal is trying to deflect all of that i mean dude in that interview when he comes out in the interview and says 
I have no idea. I plead the fifth. Yeah, I plead that's, the fifth. That was on the Michael K show. That's like, see, but that's why it makes me think like, is there a mandate insane. from upstairs? Right. I just, that's just not a comment that's backing your quarterback. And honestly, it probably was just a frustration or like with a sarcastic undertone comment. He probably made it in a certain way. And I'm sure yeah. if you asked him, he'd probably say that. But like, it doesn't, I mean, Zach Wilson has to have zero confidence, right? Like the guy, the kid's already fucking shattered. He's playing in New York City and like getting roasted every week. Yeah. I mean, listen, he's not doing himself any favors by playing terrible. Right, they're saying he holds on to the ball too long. He's not getting through his his reads. But again, it, how I don't he know. gets this pass off is insane. Holy, I shit. don't know. Yeah, they definitely. I think they definitely should have won that game right there tonight. Right, but they didn't, and that's how they go down sixteen to twelve because of that Zach Wilson pick Bone right there, pick. driving down. Not the score. I mean, they they had to win this game to keep their playoff hopes alive. I think they're kind of in trouble. Yeah, they were talking about their schedule. They have Buffalo and who else coming? I mean, they have Buffalo again. They have New England again. They have um, New England's the last game of the year. I right know. Yeah, New England is the last game of the year. I know that. Um, they're they go to the Bills next Sunday. They go to the Dolphins. That, that that's back to back losses. Yeah, Falcons back-to-back win. Losses. Texans loss. Falcons Dolphins. isn't a guaranteed win, dude. Falcons are in the same exact boat. If you gave Falcons a healthy yeah, but, quarterback, that okay, team is good. But of the remaining schedule, all right, let's go through it quick. Jets, Bills, that's a loss. Uh, home to the Dolphins, loss. Falcons, Dolphins are away. Bills and Dolphins. Both Bills is away. Road. Jets is uh, Dolphins is home. I'll, I'm gonna let me go through it and then you go. So I'll go. Bills loss. Dolphins loss. Falcons win, Texans loss, at Dolphins loss, Commanders home to the Commanders win, at the Browns loss, and then at the Patriots. I'll give them a win there. So that's what's that? That finishes with seven seven wins. Also, but also you don't know his you don't know Rogers' timetable. And again, all you have to do is stay relevant. And mind you, I know it was early in the year, but dude, they beat the Bills without Rodgers like Rodgers wasn't in that game and I get I it, momentum and whatever and they they beat Philly dude like they're oh, finding I, I weird know. ways to win these fucking stupid games that they shouldn't even Mike they shouldn't even be alive right now like they should their season should probably be over right now but they're finding ways to win these games I I can't rule them out because that defense is so good but... I know but okay so now you're four and six after these next two games you'll be four and eight and Falcons five and eight Texans four and nine five and nine Potentially Texans five and ten. Texans you have ten losses, done. you're done. Right, yeah, ten losses is done. I think I don't. I wouldn't write off. So here's what I'm saying. I think Buffalo next week is a loss for sure because Buffalo is going to be so pissed about. I think Buffalo wins by like I don't know twenty something next week. Oh, I wow. think they. I think they have a chance. I think they have a chance to beat Miami at least one time. Like. I don't think that's completely dead. I think they have a chance against Atlanta. I think they have a chance against Houston, although CJ Stroud, holy, holy hell. Like That's a short wow. week, though, coming off of the Bills game. It's Black Friday. Wait, they're playing Black Friday games now? Yeah, they're playing Friday the 24, 3 p.m. What kind so that's of game a sh- is that? I actually kind of like it. They're doing a Black Friday game and Thanksgiving Day games? Yeah, there's going to be football seven days a week soon. Oh my god, dude! <laughs> Remember you and I speak Wednesday morning football, dude. We're almost there. <laughs> Tuesday midday football, everybody. Well, we well, have Sunday morning football now. Yeah, it's pretty soon. It's going to be freaking what streaming service? It'll be a fucking Rumble. We'll be streaming games on Tuesday at eleven a.m. Dude, think about this: when teams play in Germany or London, and it starts at nine thirty in the morning for us. Yeah, if you're on the West Coast. It's six thirty in the morning, <laughs> right? Dude, people aren't even wait up. Which, which I also don't really understand that because they, I know they don't want it to overlap with the other games, and they want to put. But dude, you could do that at a, you could do it at eleven, so only the tail end overlaps or something, or you could do it a little bit. Yeah, later. but what's the difference if they're having there's six games going on at one o'clock? What's the difference? Right, that's what I'm saying. So I don't know why they don't push it back because even if you did it, if you did it eleven a.m. Eastern, that's still that's five. So what time is local. it? It's they're six hours. Okay, Five. so if it's nine for us, they're starting at 
three. Or, I'm sorry, it's five hours. So if it's nine thirty a.m., the nine thirty a.m. game start at two thirty p.m. in Europe and England, oh, okay. in Germany. All right. So if you do a three o'clock game for let's say ten ten thirty, right? Like that's what I'm saying. Just do it at eleven, so then you can at least get the West Coast viewership too. Like I get it. Everything's based off East. I'm Coast sure time. the viewership is. Well, that's one of my hot takes. I think the entire country should go off East Coast time. Well, I think it pretty much does. That's how everything is generated anyway. That's where that's why everything is pretty much based around East Coast time because it is because that's where the most viewership comes from all pretty much all sports anyway. If you look at the demographics of how those things go, it usually is. Yeah. I don't know. That's my that's my hot take. The whole country needs to run off East Coast time. Everything, not just sports. Well, okay, so I get they're playing a Black Friday game. Why is it at three PM? So it's the only game on that day. It's at 3 p.m. That's so random. It's such yeah, a random I don't know if you put it on at like, because what do you do? Do you put it on at like 1 o'clock? Dude, that's also a heavy college football day. That's also why I, that's all kind of why I don't like it either. That's a heavy college day. Black Friday has always been a heavy college day. Um, I mean, I think from a national, national perspective with the Jets playing, viewership is still way up. For the NFL. Yeah. Well, but let's put it on Prime Video. My fucking Prime Video. Oh, that was such a bad pick by Wilson. Yeah, he's phenomenal. Oh, God. It's he, just, didn't, I, he didn't I, look terrible today. I can't believe we're talking so much about the Jets, but there's really no point in talking about the Giants because they are just <laughs> so bad. Yeah, if you're the Giants, if you are the Giants, though, you specifically, you're in the draft room and you're drafting a quarterback. Who are you taking? Give me, like, who would you want to see? I know you know college football a little bit better than me. So where would you go of the quarterbacks that are available? I think pure talent-wise, I know it's going to be – pure talent-wise, I think any of any of these, which I've heard and watched and listened to a lot of, they all say Caleb Williams talent-wise is the best. But, I mean, just, like, the size and the skill – Dude, Penix is like <laughs> Penix is unbelievable. He's like six foot five, and he's like built, and he can he, his he's got a cannon. Dude, the one know. touchdown so I, touchdown throw I saw Penix throw the other day, I was like, holy crap! It was Dude, perfectly placed in the back of the end zone, like right in his bread basket. The ball has such a perfect spiral, and it's like a missile, but it it like floats, but it's a missile, and he's the lefty, so he's got that lefty that lefty like sling. I don't know, dude. I love watching Michael Penix. Or, or I love watching him. I just think he's – I I would like him the best, but I don't think he's the best – considered the best NFL-ready talent. I think it's – I think Caleb Williams. Williams is the most NFL-ready talent because – But I, I know a lot of people like Drake May over everybody, so – And he's at a uh, UNC. Yeah, and UNC, he's been struggling to even win these games. That Like, he's struggling against shitty ACC play, so I think – I haven't seen him play much. I think that – that says a lot for scouts when they say you can't handle like, dude, they lost to Virginia at home. Like it was, I don't know. It was a bad, that's a game you should never lose. You're a 20, you're a 22 point favorite at home to a one win Virginia team. You should be winning that game all day. So yeah, that's I, not a good loss. I think I, for me personally, and maybe I'm taking the, the, the talent perspective out of it. Like, obviously, I would take Caleb Williams. Like, that's stupid not to take him. But, like, you have to look at, like, the the mental side of things. Is this kid going to be able to step into New York, be criticized yeah, from he- day one, and be able to handle it from, like, all – he gives me, like, only child syndrome where he's, like, everything's been, you know, oh, you're the best, you're the best, you're the best. And, like, anytime yeah, there's he- a moment of adversity, he – breaks right. down he gives and, me arrogance i don't like i don't like like watching him i don't like seeing how he plays he seems like he comes off very arrogant he seems again this is all from a perspective of i have actually no idea he doesn't seem like a great teammate like i i it just seems like he's always kind of seemed just that cockiness right. of like i'm kind of just better than everybody i'm here to get to the league like i am what i am i, I don't know yeah and, and again i don't know him personally and never will but you can right. only go off what you see on TV. And again, we could be totally wrong. But the whole, you know, there's a few things, right? He's got the the fuck Utah on his nails, gets beat by Utah. He says, whatever team drafts me, if I don't like him, I'm not going. 
He's like, I want ownership of a team that's going to draft me. And then, you know, after they lose to Washington, this really drove me nuts. Washington beats USC, which is a good game. They stay undefeated to stay in the college football playoff. And this kid's, you know, jumps into the crowd and it's just, and again, there's nothing wrong with the emotion of it. You know, crying in his mom's arms, totally fine. But the idea of like, everything is now focused on Caleb Williams and what he's doing in the crowd with his mom and not on Washington, like really like bothered me. Right. Washington got a good win, which I'll tell you what. No one talked about it. That Pac-12 title game. I know I don't get off track, but that's going to be a great fucking game. Yeah, it is. Oregon rematch again. I think your Pac-12 take has to change now. It'll it changed it's changed a little bit just because Alabama is coming true to form and Georgia is all healthy and looks unstoppable. So it is coming true to form. If they get any in, it will be one, and it will have to be Washington unless a lot of things happen. If Washington beats if Oregon beats Washington the second time. Oregon could get in as a one-loss Oregon. Uh, that would be it. You could so it's potentially one. It definitely won't be two, only because of how like Alabama's just turned it on. Jalen Monroe's turned it on. Like Georgia looks like unless Georgia gets stumbles next week at Tennessee, which is going to be a tough Neyland Stadium, hundred ten thousand. It's going to be nuts there. But I mean, if you look at the top ten right now, right? It's Georgia's ten and zero, Michigan's ten and zero, Ohio State's ten and zero, and Florida State is ten and zero. That's the top four. Washington is sitting at number five, ten and zero. And then you have Oregon nine and one, Texas nine and one, Alabama nine and one, Louisville yeah, nine and one. So it's like you could have. <laughs> I don't know, I don't know like, how I if all those teams. So that's the thing. All of those teams are not going to run the table because they can't. Michigan, so Ohio say, State can't. Bama, Georgia are meeting in the SEC title. Washington, Oregon are meeting again. There's going to be a lot of things that are determined from those title games. But um, this is why the four teams gets fucking nuts, dude. Because, like, how are you going to potentially think about this? Because you could have it. I guess you could have four undefeated. See, that would, there, there would be a scenario you could have four undefeated. Yeah, you could have Georgia. You could have Michigan. You could have Florida State. And, and you could have Washington undefeated. And that would be the four that gets in. But then you're talking about leaving out. Because I do think Michigan's going to steamroll Ohio State, uh, but we'll see. Right, then you're, but you're that, even so, you're leaving out Ohio State, Oregon, Texas. Like, well, if there's undefeated of, teams, then you can't put. them I know you can't not put them in. And that's what I'm saying, and that would be how it has to be. It's just it's going to be terrible for the sport, dude. You're leaving out all of those good teams that, dude. Oregon, the way they're playing right now, is can very easily compete with the Alabamas and the Georgias. Like I. Uh, I don't know. I do, Mike. They're good. That team is really good. Like they've, I know, they've but... stomped on teams since they've since that close loss to a tough Washington team with a really good quarterback. Like, and yes, I this is understanding that Georgia is coming along significantly, and Bama is becoming true to form now. But Bama might not even be there. Like, I wish Eric was on because I, dude, Michigan is the real deal. So that's so. If you took them right now, with if you just took an eye test right now, and I kind of wish he was on too. If, but he's, I mean, he's just going to disagree, so it doesn't matter. But if you just took an eye, if you just took an eye test right now of looking at all these teams, like sure, Michigan won that game and they beat Penn State, and, but they like, didn't even throw the ball in the second half. Right, Mike. They don't really throw the ball at all, and that's kind they of didn't like have to. They haven't had to all year. What happens when you have to because you can't just do that against Georgia or? Alabama. I'm. I. I think Michigan could be the number one team in the country right now. I think over Georgia. I was. I was on that train until I. The last few weeks where Georgia has really come along and Bama. I think they're very good. Like they're a good. They're a solid team. I just, if you look at the talent and like how those teams are playing, it's tough to pick against a Georgia right now. It'd be tough. Like it'd be tough for me to pick Michigan to beat Georgia or Alabama right now. Like I. <laughs> Not they're good. They're really Dude, good. Georgia like, hasn't. Georgia's lost one game in the last three years. I think I heard that. Yeah, one game in the last three years. That's insane. Yeah, it was at Ole Miss. I think. I think they were talking about it because that was the last time they lost before the game. That's yeah. wild. I know they just fucking find ways to win, and Bama's not far behind. Like, <laughs> Bama's had three bad years because they've lost four games in three years. Like, oh my god. Yeah, Bama's but, sitting at number eight, nine, and one. But, but I would then, put I would put personally 
I'm okay with the top four right now in Georgia, Michigan, Ohio State, Florida State. And top five, I put Washington there. I could put Alabama at number six ahead of Oregon and Texas right I now. Think, I think just off of – I think, yeah, Oregon and Alabama probably interchangeable at that six spot, and then Texas at seven for sure. I don't – I don't think Texas deserves to be above Alabama. No, I didn't say that. I said Oh, I know. Alabama, I'm, right now they are. I just – I don't think they deserve to be. No, I agree with you. Both one loss, but head-to-head wins is always going to do it. They beat them head-to-head. Don't – Oh, don't forget, in Tuscaloosa, which is extremely tough. Bama doesn't oh, Texas, lose. Texas Texas beat Alabama this year. Yeah, head to head. Oh, okay, yeah, then then that's fine. I didn't. I, yeah, yeah, I didn't but it's a head to, head to head loss. Yeah, then um, that's fine with them being ahead of them. It's just like this is where you need like we need the twelve team this year because dude, you got to do this. You got to settle this on the field. Like these, well, they are better just, hope that it's as competitive next year as it is this year. This is unbelievable. This is the time you need it. Like this would be an unbelievable playoff. For these, for the twelve that would get in, because you'd even have some of these. You could potentially even have like before they stumbled to army. You could have had like an air force get in there. Like, well, they'd have right now. It would be the top outside of after eight. It would be Louisville. Oh, what if Louisville goes ten and one? Right. What if Louisville runs the table with one loss? They're not going to get in based off schedule. No, they won't get in at all. And it's Florida State or nobody out of the ACC. And I. Realistically, I Florida State not promising against Miami. I mean, they'll probably win out, and then they'll probably beat Louisville. But is Louis- yeah. Louisville's in the ACC? Yeah, yeah, they didn't play this year, so they'll play in the title game. But well, if Louisville uh, beats them in the ACC, and that'll knock both of them out of the top. Four knocks both of them sure. out. Yeah, yeah, it'll knock Florida State out of the top four. There's just too much talent otherwise. And Florida State, a one loss Florida State's not better than a one loss Bama, one loss Oregon. All right, One so let's say Texas. let's say Alabama beats Georgia in the SEC championship. You're not putting a one-loss Georgia in the top four? That's what I'm saying, and that you probably would have to. That's what's going to screw a lot of things up if Bama does beat them because that puts Bama in. That's keeping Georgia in. Georgia has too much strength. Of, Georgia has too much SEC history not to get in, so Georgia probably gets in as the four at yeah, that point. Yeah, even if you look at the last three years, one loss. We just said it. Right. That's what I'm saying. That's, so they're that still plays gonna, a factor. And you're making it – you didn't lose till the SEC title game. So that puts Georgia and Alabama in. That's the winner of Michigan State in. And then it kind of depends on what happens with – or Michigan State, Ohio State. The winner of that gets in, loser's done. Unless they stumble in the uh, Big Ten title game, which, I mean, I find I have a hard time believing they're going to stumble to Iowa or whoever well, the fuck. But. I'll tell you what, Alabama is not going to lose – should not lose next weekend. They're playing Chattanooga. Yeah, Chattanooga and then Iron Bowl. So I, I mean. could see, man, I could see Arizona State giving Oregon a little trouble. Next week is super interesting with Georgia and Tennessee. That's like if Tennessee can find a way to knock Georgia off, that's that changes the whole dynamic of a lot of things. Yeah, but nevertheless, so they would. Well, they would still play in the SEC title game, would they not? They're still going to play in the SEC title game, but that guarantees that not two SECs are getting in because then one of them has two. I have two losses. Yeah, well, so if, no. Oh yeah, because yeah, Alabama Alabama's would have got two one losses. loss. So then they play head to head. Who are the losers out with two losses? So then that I could see. Them. I could. See, I could see. I could see Oregon State beating Washington next week too. Absolutely. Oregon State's very good. Florida State should win. They're playing North Alabama. <laughs> yeah, they scheduled. They did that late. I think that's their last home game because then I forget what's their last one. They go on the road to end the year. Oh, they're at Florida. They have that North Alabama game and then Florida. They might have a bye mixed in there somewhere. Is Georgia? I think Georgia's off next week. Oh, no, they play. Is it two weeks for that? Um, it might be no. two weeks for that. Bama or the Georgia-Tennessee might not be next week. Might be the following. Georgia plays Georgia Tech on the twenty fifth. Yeah, it's just gonna. They play Tennessee uh, next weekend. Yeah, next Saturday. It is next Saturday. I thought. Yeah, so. I, I missed that. I don't know. I didn't see that. Yeah, that it's gonna be and Tennessee's not very good, but I mean, dude, Neyland Stadium, like one hundred ten thousand going strong. Like we saw. That's what you said about Penn State. Right and. To be fair, I've, it, it is a fucking insane environment. Penn State's just not that good. But you said four and a half line was crazy, and it's not. That was like a that oh, was I didn't say that. Line. That was Grande. Oh, it's Grande. I thought that, that was you. I thought he was like, I don't understand. They're the worst football team. I'm like, um, they have one loss. It's a home game. 
I don't see how you don't see that. Shout out to Grande. No offense. Yeah, I mean, yeah, so they, they won that game, but, like, were you overly – still over – their defense locked them down. Yeah, you them, you, them. You weren't sitting there like Michigan was like, wow, this is a powerhouse dominant program against Penn State like you would for some of these other teams. Like, Georgia beat the brakes off of Ole Miss. <laughs> like, No, I just the, – the circumstances surrounding that game were pointing towards them not playing well with Harbaugh being – half suspended i don't even know what you want to call it such a stupid fucking thing Uh, we don't have to get into it because i don't really even know what's happening but all i know is that he can't be on the sideline for three games yeah they have a hearing sometime this week or something did did you see the after the game the interim head coach like they made it sound like jim harbaugh died (laughs) yeah he was crying he's crying and then jj mccarthy was like man, I just wish he was here right now. Like, I know I saw him last night, but, you know, it's like, dude, what? <laughs> you guys could just call him. Just yeah, call him. Cr- like- the interim coach is crying. He's like, I love the shit out of you, Jim Harbaugh. I did this for you. You didn't do anything. You <laughs> called some plays. He probably told you what to call. Yeah, he gave oh, you a full, full play schedule ahead of time. Yeah, right. The whole this is what you call on this third down. This is what you call here. This is what you call here. It was, uh, I mean, nevertheless, I still think, they're very good. I said that in the text. They are, again, you could put them at number one, and I'd be fine with it right now. Um, yeah, you could put any of the 10 and O's at number one, realistically. I, I don't know about fine. Washington. Washington's not a number one team. I mean, they they're lost, good. Yeah. I know, but if you're basing it off of who they're playing. Oh, they're both already locked into the SEC title game. I saw that. I don't know how that works, but I did see that. Yeah, they're booked because they've already they each already won the North and South. So, mm. so basically, it's really just Georgia getting knocked off if they can, and that would change that. That makes that game a play in a playoff play in game for sure. It makes, for sure, it makes the SEC title game, which is. Well, what if Bama goes into that with two losses? Then they're just in to knock out. Then, but what then if Georgia, what if Georgia has a lot? What if Georgia loses to Tennessee? Say Alabama has two losses going in, so no two loss teams ever made the playoff, and not this year. It wouldn't happen this year either. Wouldn't happen, yeah, yeah. It's just well, I not guess it, would de- it would depend on what happens with the rest of the. Sure, teams. if everybody lost, <laughs> like, yeah, if you had if you eliminated enough teams where there was less than four one or undefeated teams that were better, sure. If you're the first two loss team you're ever putting in, would probably be Bama. Yeah, I just don't think. I, I just don't see how that would happen. Bama's, I mean, yeah, Chattanooga and Auburn, they're not losing those games. I mean, Auburn will be tough just because it's the Iron Bowl. Yeah. Uh, Speaking of powerhouses, um, our beloved New York Yankees, a once-beloved powerhouse. Powerhouse. Um, We use that word loosely now. (laughs) They, I mean, the Yankees in the front office made some headlines this past week with Cashman and both Hal speaking to the media and it was interesting to me because Hal gave the interview first via Zoom, and he said a lot of the great things. You know, a lot of good things. It's unacceptable. Last season was unacceptable. Winning record is not like it's a requirement. It's not you know like it, that's the standard. Like winning record like is that's a requirement. Like we shouldn't hang our hat on going eighty two and eighty. You know, everybody, we're going to be active. Everybody's on the table for free agency. And then Cashman comes out, and it's been a few days since, you know, he said a lot of this stuff. So I had some time to think about it and talk to people and listen to a lot of radio shows. But, you know, him coming out and just his whole demeanor was so bizarre. Like, he was very combative. It was like Michael K said it best. After the season, they were backed up against the ropes, Right. Right. They were against the ropes. And then in that interview, he came out swinging. He was vulgar. He was, like, very demeaning. He was saying things that didn't really make sense. Like, yes, you may have one of the smallest analytical operations in the AL East. One, it's only, I actually heard a stat that it's only by one person. For example, they have 46 people and the Rays have 47 Wait a minute, I'm sorry. There's 46 fucking people that do that. Don't quote me on those numbers, but it's like basically uh, yeah. one person off. 
What a joke if that's true. I mean, I don't but, know. That's just insane. So he says that. He says, I think we're pretty fucking good. And I don't know if he meant like, and this is where I started to think. I'm like, there's no way he meant like, we're pretty fucking good as in like last year, meaning the team. Because even he realizes that it wasn't good. I right. think I think what he meant was, as a whole, how we operate is pretty fucking good. And for all intents and purposes, if you want to argue that, like, yes, you're constantly in the playoffs. You're constantly fighting for a, a division title. So, yes, from that perspective, like, I got what he was saying, but it just didn't it didn't land very well because of how the season went. And for just the, the, the way he talked to the people, the media, and these are people that he knows. And Michael K made a really good point. The papers before last year, Heyman, all those guys, like Brian knows them personally, very friendly with them. Like they're never really negative about him in the papers until last year because it was hard not to be. So this guy has to be like going after fans from hearing phone calls onto sports talk show, uh, sports talk radio or right. Twitter. So it's like, dude, who are you arguing with? You're going to like, honestly, I know the fans on Twitter can be nauseating sometimes. Do you really need to concern yourself with their opinions? Right. At the end of the day, are like, at the end of the day, nobody's opinion is ever really going to matter. You make the decisions. Like, Dude, just, just go out and do what you need to do. Does it matter what some Twitter fo- <laughs> person with 10 followers says? Right. Or anybody really for that matter. I couldn't believe how when you were sending me all that stuff because I wasn't watching it. I couldn't believe how Dude, he was being was. such a dickhead. And then Steve sent me that thing. That's who sent me that. Steve Garandi. That thing, I the video I sent. Dude, I actually laughed pretty hard. The what training video? day thing with Denzel. Oh, yeah. goes, it was like, right? <laughs> yeah. Brian Cashman with the with the New York media. Yeah, put that's what it felt like. on all you pitches. <laughs> so, I mean, listen. the He was cursing a lot. Like, did they bleep it out or anything? Or he was just on there cursing? Um. You can hear both, right? Like whatever they played it on the radio, they bleeped it out. But if you go on Twitter and you know, look at like Heyman's Twitter account and stuff, the video shows him. Yeah, he was cursing. He's like, bullshit, bullshit. We're pretty fucking good. But, you know, I go back to the comment about we have the smallest analytical team in the AL East. He goes, does that surprise you? We have the largest pro scouting team in the AL East. Does that surprise you? Does that shock you? I think that's what he said. It's like, dude, you could have one analytical guy in that department. It's about the information that you're being fed. It's not about how many guys you have in there or girls you have right. in there. Yeah, that's just a cop out excuse. What are it's what are yeah. you looking at? And yeah, you know, it came out recently that Judge was Judge is pretty pivotal in a lot that's going on in the offseason. And it came out that he was like He has a he has an well pivotal as in he has an opinion. He's a big say. Really? What's happening. Yeah. Oh yeah. I think Hal alluded to it in his um, his interview, but he but you know it came out that Judge is like we need to focus on batting average and RBIs, <laughs> and that's like anti analytics one hundred and one in my opinion. I don't care about batting average. So yeah, but I do. I would. Yeah, I agree. I know. So does so does he? Apparently, the guy who's playing the fucking game. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I just man, he just came out as such a smug jerk and it's like all right dude listen you know how you can remedy all this it's very simple you sign yamamoto yamamoto and you trade for juan soto and that's and you just bought yourself another year right and then it's like then it's on them to perform but it's just also it's just so crazy and i I know maddie was funny because he was all pissed off but dude it's true like there is something to say for a team that has expectations. You know that this fan base and these people and us have expectations. You know what the New York media is like. You know that they're going to come after you. You know how we are. And, dude, you got the nerve. You've been in this job for, what, 20 years? How long has he been there? 20 years? He has been the general manager since 1998. So 15, 15 years? So no. you know What? It's 2023. 25? Oh 25. Wow. Yeah. Why is it? You're an idiot. Yeah. Um, so He's been why? With the team since 1986. Yeah, that's, that in itself is fucking nuts. So 
what, what are you, why are you, what are you surprised? Like, that's what, if I was him, it's, or if I'm anybody talking to him, it's like, what are you surprised at these people? Yeah, dude, we're mad because we had all these expectations. This team's coming in. We have all this stuff and yeah, stuff shits the bed. We're not playing well. Granted, some of the performance on the field isn't necessarily your fault, but like just the way you guys act, the lack of moves, the lack of, and then you want to come out here and just get arrogant dude. just come out and say the basic cookie cutter shit. Honestly, like just come out and just be like, yeah, we're working on it. We're going to do this. This is what we're, we are dedicated to winning. Like doing stuff to how, like don't come off as an arrogant cock. Like, we're, we're fucking yeah, good. you need like, to. He like, needs to. He needs to address the media the other day, like he did at the end of the season. We're reviewing everything, and this was a failure. Yada yada yada. All the negative stuff that you could imagine. But instead, he's like, "We're pretty good." Or he we're, could humble know. himself. I know these guys don't ever do that, but he could humble himself and be like, "I didn't do a good enough job this year, along with this whole team. Our performance as a whole wasn't at par, and like we just need to be better, and we're gonna work on making better." Like, dude, just. I mean, dude, he spoke like. He spoke like a guy who has job security for the rest of his life. Right. He must have fucking something on how or something. No, I think just, you know, there's things out there that Hal didn't really want the team, didn't want to be the, the owner. It was supposed to be his brother. You know, unfortunately, his brother passed away. But those are all those, you know, things out there. So I don't know if Hal really. Well, they, didn't, a, they did just resign him to it. Four years. Deal? When was that? Last year? At the end of, not this past season, but the one, so he's got three years left. But, you know, and then at this, you know, and then at the same time, it's like, no, just, just fire him. I'm like, dude, they're, they're not going to eat that money. They're not going to eat his money. They're not going to eat Stanton's money. They're going to have, they're going to have to try like hell to move Stanton. And the only, and he has a no trade. Everyone's like, get you trade Stanton. It's like, dude, you can't just trade a guy who has a no trade. Right. They have to want to go. He would probably go to the Dodgers. That's it. But would the Dodgers trade for him? Right. I don't know. Does Judge want him to leave? They have a pretty good relationship, don't they? Uh, probably not. I don't know. I, dude, I don't think Stanton is completely finished. I think he just needs to understand the type of player he is today, and he's not the same player he was eight years ago. Right. Right? He's got to, you know, just reinvent himself, if you will, or just – kind of understand where he's at in his career right? and get healthy. I don't think he was hundred percent healthy. Well, Michael Kay had made the good point of the signing of him to begin with was the Yankees like fully a knee committed. jerk reaction. Yeah. They just fully committed to like, Hey, we're just going to have all this power in this lineup. Well, Hey, notoriously power guys usually kind of fuck things up. And like when they go in slumps, it's usually bad. So what are we going to do with all this power? And we didn't get any lefties in our lefty friendly park. We don't have any lefties. Like, well, yeah, that's a that's a malpractice in general, right? Like you have no power hitting lefties in a park that is built for power hitting lefties. Come right. on, right? In so, a park that power hitting lefties can hit pop flies out of and hit like like hit little dinks out. I mean, and nevertheless, those two guys, Judge and Stanton, still take advantage of that you know short porch, which is great. But right, Judge can go anywhere. I mean, it's you know. You go through the lineup, and and Bellinger's a free agent who's going to want a lot of money because he had a really great season. So, you know, they're they're and the other yeah, thing kind of tapered off at the end, but yeah. Uh, nevertheless, he had a resurgence. But to sit here and say to us that you're pretty fucking good, and then tell us that you need a left fielder, and then not get a left fielder, makes me think like, are you that good? Do you really know what you're doing? Or are you just like taking a massive gamble that failed completely? And at this point, do you just think that every move you make, no matter what, is good? And I wonder if he just is one of those guys who won't take any, like, real advice or anything. Like, just go with analytics and, oh. hey, you got to do this. And I mean, he also said that, you know, the Aaron Boone doesn't manage, doesn't solely rely on analytics. And it's like, okay, but on the Michael K show, you said Boone has the authority to go with his gut. But if his gut doesn't work, then he has to explain himself. So what's his? What's the alternative to not using his gut? Right. Obviously, what started there is no laid explanation. Out there. So there is no explanation. There is 
I can use as analytics or I can go with my gut. The explanation is I went with my gut because of this guy's hitting this way at this time, or I know he, how I can feel the momentum of the game. Those are the only two explanations. Either the stats told me to do something, or I have a feeling about this because I've been well, that's watching what, yeah, it. Yeah, right. That's, dugout. right. That's it. There's no, that is the excuse. So what does he else does he have to justify? He didn't do the decision. Well, that's what I'm saying for you to say he can use his gut, but if it doesn't work, he has to explain himself. And then in, you know, two years later, say like, no, he 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 has the authority to manage with his gut, and he and he doesn't rely on analytics totally, all the time. Well, what's the alternative to him not using his gut? Obviously, what you guys have predetermined and said this is who goes here at this time. Right. It just doesn't make any sense to me. So, you know, again, go out, get two lefties, in Bellinger. Soto or get one of the two, sign Yamamoto. They wouldn't get both. They don't have money for both. Well, they once, they once trade for yeah. one year, you know, for one year of uh, right. control, which is, I mean, dude, you're going to have to give up a lot for one year of control and then potentially lose in a free agency. That kind of scares me. I don't know. But I think if they did get him for that, they'd obviously go all in to try and get him in free agency, I think. Well, I mean, Grande made a huge point. He's like, there's no way Boris is going to let him sign a long-term deal before free before he's a free agent. Yeah, and without that would be really dumb. Yeah, without exploring the market. Right, you want to hold some leverage and be like, oh, well, the Giants offered me this. What are you guys going to do? Right. Man, Boris has to. How much money does Boris make, dude? He's like, he makes a killing. He has to have. He has all of the top guys, doesn't he? If there's a top guy in the MLB that you're thinking, it's probably a Boris client. Yeah. <laughs> Right. No. You should try to get him on. Think he'd come on? Yeah. They'll fucking explain to us. How do you how do you wheel and deal? I saw um Brian Hoke, Yankees beat reporter, was on I think it's called the Triple Play Podcast. Okay, I was wondering why forgive you sent me. that to us. On, I didn't really understand. Butcher this, but I, he was on that podcast and I guess the reason he was on it is because Jabba Chamberlain is a part of it, so that made sense. And then when I went to their Twitter page, it was like they didn't have a ton of followers. Not that that really means much. Yeah, Triple Play Podcast. It's Jabba Chamberlain and a few other guys. But he was on it, so I followed them. They followed back, and I was like, oh, maybe it's not that difficult to get somebody like that on the show if we reached out and we were like, hey, you want to come on and, and talk about the Yankees? It's possible. Right. Yeah, I mean, um, how, how does any of that stuff ever happen? It's just random people well, reaching out to random people. Yeah, of people. course. The I would say there is actually one person I know who is a – my friend Dan in Florida, his girlfriend is a sports agent down in South Florida. Yeah, I remember Florida. I met her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so she could be a interesting person to have on to talk about like NFL free agency and the cap and all that stuff. I mean the picks and all that good stuff that nobody really knows much about yeah that could be an interesting person to have on yeah what was what was her she was she like a she wasn't an actual agent she worked for the company that she did and she's like on her way to becoming an agent however you have to go through those ranks gotcha but they deal with a lot of nfl head coaches yeah i remember i remember some of the stuff she was saying i do remember that yeah that would be a good person actually one of my old co-workers i'm gonna go out i'm going to dinner with him the end of this month he was a baseball analyst for the cincinnati reds i probably have told you this um several times but he would be yeah he used to be an analyst for the reds when dusty baker was the manager and he is a perfect blend of like analytics and like just baseball knowledge and like going with your gut so he'd be an interesting guy to have on to talk about like the analytics and what they're looking for and why they do certain things. So when I see him at dinner, I'll see if he wants to come on. Yeah, that'd be cool. No, I didn't know that. I didn't know he was we used to work for them. How do you get how do you get a job as an analyst? Did he play like pro ball or something? Or Mm-mm. no, this would actually be a cool story. He I think he worked for like a couple minor league teams and then he'll explain this a lot better than I can, but basically he told me like if you want a job, you go down to the winter meetings and you just like meet with GMs when you have a second. He said that he met with the GM, got a phone call, met with the GM in his hotel room at like 1 a.m. They had like a glass of scotch maybe together, 
And he was like, okay, great. We'll give you a call. And then he got the job. But that's all it is. Wow. He just went to the winter meetings and you just meet with a bunch of people. Well, how but, do you get into those? I think you can just go. Really? But again, he had been working for a minor league team. So we'd have, that'd be a good question. You know, how did you get to go to yeah, that? There's got to be some sort of connection piece or something with knowing somebody to get you into that. Stuff. Well, there is. So you know how they do the, the awards, like the MVP and all that stuff. They do like a dinner for like the MLB Writers Association in New York. Yeah. You could buy tickets to it and go. So I was like, hmm, maybe we should, uh, maybe me and Matt or Maddie should buy tickets and get up dressed, dressed up in a nice tux and go down there with a press pass that says New York Fellas Podcast. <laughs> yeah, right. Aaron, Aaron, Mr. Judge, Mr. Judge, can I get a few yeah, words? Mr. Judge, a few words. Cy Young, Garrett Cole, can I get a few words? Oh, my God. Um, but yeah, so I don't know. State of the Yankees is tough. We'll see what happens in the uh, free agency. It's going to start going here in the next couple of weeks. I don't think anything really happens until I don't even know when winter meetings. Maybe I don't know. No, maybe December, right? Yeah. Judge resigned in December. Yep. So we'll see what happens. But yeah, a lot going on. We'll give a, a excuse me. We'll give a pick em update in a couple of couple days. Pretty sure. I don't know how Eric did, but. Probably good. I guess Marty did good. He was. He said he was hot. Maybe we could reconvene on like later on this week on Tuesday. Get back on here with them. We could put another episode out. Maybe Elijah will be back. Well, or really not. I don't know. No, I think he's out this entire week. Ah. He's on vacation. So, yeah, we'll see what happens with the uh, free agency. We'll see what happens with the Knicks, Giants. <laughs> we kind of know what's happening. They stink. Science, and... Giants season over. Jets season about to be over. It's not dead, but it's on life support. Yeah, it's, the Jets. it's critical. It's critical. And Rangers laughing all the way to the Stanley Cup. Could potentially. Rangers-Bruins matchup could be seen for the Eastern Conference Final. Yeah, if they don't blow it. That's yeah, true. Are they Hopefully in first? They don't go into this year. The what's their record? 11-1-2. Uh, no, I just saw that Shesterkin save to end the game. That was nice. Yeah, the one where he snatches it out of midair, it deflects mm-hmm. up, and he snatches it out. Yeah, it was a great save. Yeah, that was nice. Um, all right, cool. I think it's a good place to stop. We'll uh, we'll have this out as soon as possible, and then uh, maybe we'll be on later this week with an update with those guys. Cool. Let's do it. See ya. See ya.